This episode of the What If Podcast is brought to you in part by Button Poetry, where poetry isn't dead. As the premier place online for live performance videos of spoken word and slam poetry, Button Poetry won't bore you like your high school English textbooks did. Find real stories you'll want to listen to and art you'll actually care about by visiting them today at buttonpoetry.com. Welcome to the What If Podcast with your hosts, Spencer Worth Davis and Ryan Copperoo. Cosmonaut, who was up in a... Wasn't, uh, it, wasn't it his own piss, though? I'm sorry, what? Wasn't it his own piss <laughs> hitting... PB came essentially and knocked on the door? knocking? No, it, it froze and was hitting the side of the ship. Or is that the diff- the different story? I didn't... I never heard that the piss... What? <laughs> the piss ghost. The, the Russian piss ghost. The frozen piss space ghost? <laughs> I might be... I might be combining two stories. Space piss ghost? Maybe that was... Yeah, I don't know. Hey, it's a podcast. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> You're listening to the What It Podcast. My name is Ryan. I'm Spencer, and Adrian Gorder's here. Adrian Gorder! Howdy, everyone. How y'all doing? Long-time listener, first-time joiner. I'm a super fan. Hey, baby. Hey, what's up, guys? How well, y'all doing? Welcome to the show, man. Oh, well, thank you so much. We're glad to have you. on me. I appreciate it. Hey, absolutely. I got no stories for y'all. That's, That's right. okay. We, can, have some. we have stories you can react to as oh, yeah. you see fit, my friend. I'm a big, I'm a good reactor. I read a book and a half. Ooh, I got stories. Sick. Right? That's almost two books. So <laughs> I will I will first speak to our listeners. You guys made us do this, which I say with love because you shaming you guys, people again? No, not in oh, the good. least. I'm I'm applauding slash thanking people. Um the what if you disappeared episode, our first what if you disappeared episode? Super scary, super uh, scary. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Gordon <laughs> Nels. Uh, has been one of our most popular episodes. It's an episode that helps a lot of people find us and become fans of the show, which is very dope. And um, I think we even mentioned it at the end of that episode. We we're like, yo, there's so much more to this crazy disappearing stuff that we thought we could at some point and should at some point do a part two of What If You Disappeared. DJ Khaled, another one, Button. Another one. I don't have it. <laughs> I'm just going to say the name of Buttons I I'm, wish I had. I'm looking at hey, a we soundboard the best music, in front guys. of we Spencer right now. Music. I don't know what any of these are right now. <laughs> but but yeah, we are doing What If You Disappeared part two, um, and we have a whole new set of stories related to, uh-oh, people going bye-bye. So last time we mostly slash and I think entirely focused on David Plaitis's missing four one one. Yeah, work. we're gonna we're gonna expand uh, today a little bit further outside of that. But before we dive into the meat of the show, uh, we have oh a, yeah, we shout have out a, TJ. We have a couple of shout outs we wanted to uh, to put out there. My guy TJ sent us an email about uh, a UFO that he saw, and we actually. Got to the bottom. Got to the bottom of it. Figured out what it was. Yeah, but it was a no very, longer unidentified. Yeah, it was a very cool story, and the way he presented it was very like, "Hey, man, I'm just trying to tell y'all this is what I saw, and I don't entirely know how to how to you know figure it out." Um, and and we do get those occasionally from you guys. We don't always talk about them, but we get them from you all occasionally. So uh, we just want to recommend that if y'all have anything weird you want to share with me and Spencer, uh, hi at whatifpodcast.com is the email and. You, y'all know we love hearing from you. So I've left uh, them a very long. Back when they had the phone number, I left them a we do. very long. Our ass. Skype is working. Our Skype is working. What? You can still leave voicemails at six one two. I just have to remember to check it. Four six one four. So I can keep calling in like two in the morning. Yes, yes sir. That's what I gotta say. Yeah, yes, yes. We're all why good? not? Yeah. Tight, 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 <laughs> tight, 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 tight. <laughs> um, also, we we wanted to send one more shout out outside of uh, outside of TJ. Thanks, TJ, for sending your story. Keep uh, keep listening. Keep sending us stuff. 
Uh, we want to send a shout out to uh, Jose K., Who's our first Tanzanian listener as up, far Tanzania? as we's aware of. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, thanks Jose for listening. Um, dude, hit us up on the Facebook page, which is just uh, facebook.com slash what if pod. And uh, just said he's been enjoying the show from Tanzania. Which and riding is, um, the alien Puma space train, yes, my guy. Yes, shoot, yes, shoot, yes, indeed. Shoot, Direct shoot. quote from Jose. Um, so shout out to Jose, man. Thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for shooting us the message. Uh, it was great to hear from, from like I said, our first uh, our first Tanzanian listener. Um, is that your first listener you know on the continent of Africa? Um, first one guys, that's ever hit us up. We, we technically me, have... Uh, statistics and analytics Ooh. that would Ooh. show That's us a big words. Power man. lunch, uh, big words. <laughs> power lunch. Did you say uh, power lunch? Yeah, you know, you like did. business words. Yeah. <laughs> what you say in a business meeting? Wearing <laughs> suits, lanyards, wearing synergy. <laughs> These are not business words. Spencer doesn't know. He's never worked in like a yeah, I, I never, leave, I never leave my house. <laughs> <laughs> you just make beats, dog. You don't know business like me and Ryan. <laughs> oh my god, amazing <laughs> things I've done today. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Do you even want to say it? Made on the music, show? consumed things. <laughs> now I'm recording a podcast. We love you guys. You guys are the first people I've seen today. <laughs> if, that, if that gives you any insight into what my days are like, and it's like six p.m. Uh, it's seven thirty. Oh, whatever. Jesus. Well, uh, Afri- okay, hold yeah, on. Yeah, that makes it that makes it worse as far as Gordon's <laughs> point was. But yes, <laughs> uh, top countries: United States, Canada, UK, Australia, Sweden. Uh oh, I'm on page. Three without any African countries. All right. Well, shout out to Hello. Jose, man. Tell your friends we'd love to get more listenership out there. And, South yeah. Africa. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to take out off topic. No, not in the least, man. Pretty much 80% of our podcast is off topic with 20% of a remaining oh, no. thread. That no, carries- I picked up on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that carries us through. All right. Um, so after shout outs, we're going to dive into What If You Disappeared Part Two. Hey, Ryan. Hi, Spencer. Have you seen a movie called Missing 411? No, but I don't feel bad about having not seen this one because it's a lot more obscure than a lot of the other ones we talk about. That's true. It's way more relevant to our show today, though. That is very true. You Did you go see it or did you rent it? Did you buy it online? I watched it on Amazon. Okay. I don't think oh, they did it. A- on, can you buy it on Amazon or is it on Prime? You can just buy uh, it. Wait, this is a legit movie. Like, this is a movie. Yeah, yeah dude made a documentary, bro. They worked for years on this documentary. It came out in May, I think. I just tried to search Amazon on Amazon. That's not going to help me. Get Should we do, type um, the word Amazon into the search bar on Amazon? That's how you break Amazon. Like, did you mean us? <laughs> did you, you want to see can... us? Oh, it's just telling me I own it. Should we should we just I know we kind of said David Politis' name, but should we give a really quick background of like who that dude was before we talk about the movie that he made? Yes, he's still alive. He is he, he <laughs> What did you say? You, you said who he was. Okay, who he is. He's still out out here hunting. Who Bigfoots. he was when we previously talked about him, I guess. Uh and who he was before this life. Um, yeah, so so David Politis was uh, a former police detective in San Jose, California. Um, he's also since then become a writer and a journalist. He has written many a book at this point. Six. Six, Spencer says, books. Does that include the two on Bigfoot, or is that just the Missing 411 books? Oh, there are six Missing 411 books. Okay. He has Bigfoot books? Yeah, two of them. Oh. He wrote two Bigfoot books before he wrote the Missing 411 Wait, how many? Two. Oh. He's being an asshole. Gordon <laughs> gets it. <laughs> yeah, I worked with your ass. <laughs> no, I, I did not know about the Bigfoot books. Yeah, there are six, wrote, six missing four-in-one books. Yeah, and, and so before the missing four-in-one books, he wrote two Bigfoot books, so he's kind of known as a cryptozoologist in some worlds. 
Um, and then he transitioned into The Missing 411 World, which was that series of six books you mentioned about disappearances of people, both from public parks and just generally from strange places under strange circumstances. Is that a fair... Yeah, he's developed uh, like a, a profile, I guess. Of, of cases? Of cases of missing people. It started with people who went missing in national parks. It then expanded into people who went missing in more urban areas. And then his most recent book was about people, uh, hunters who went missing. So it's this profile he's developed of people who go missing. There's not a, a clear explanation for why they went missing. So it's not, uh, they only take cases that where they can rule out an animal attack or an intentional disappearance where someone meant to disappear. That's what intentional means. Or <laughs> in case you guys didn't know. Thank you. <laughs> He's smart. Or uh, foul play or things like that. These are, usually happen somewhere in nature with the exception of the, the one book called A Sobering Coincidence where he looked at college-age young men who went missing in urban areas. Yeah, and I, and I should say really quickly, we, obviously we made it very clear, but go back to part one to hear some of the things we're oh, referencing yeah. right now. The part one episode uh, of What If You Disappeared on the What If podcast is, um, well, I could pull it up, but I'm not sure which, which number it was. You'll find it if 20 you scroll. Um, but we talk about some of those inner city disappearances as well as some of the natural ex- disappearances, et cetera, um, and tell some of those stories. We're going to tell more today, and we're going to get further into the topic in some other ways as well. But um, yeah, do, do I mean, you don't have to listen to that part first, but it would help if you haven't listened to do part one. Do yourself a favor and just listen to it. It's episode 24. Thanks, Quarter. Quarter, Doug. We're just going to keep it real. Come All on. right. Episode 24 if you want to check it out. Yeah, cool. So go go hit 24 if you want to just like throw this on pause, scan back. It's probably right in the same app that you used to do this anyway. Um, and, and check that one out and then come back to us if you haven't heard it yet. So he's been writing books about this phenomenon. Uh, the books don't offer any explanation for what's going on. It's just, they're all case files. So it's a page, two pages, describing what happened, when, where, if the person was found. And then he gives like a little one to two paragraph summary of what's strange about it, why this case is important, etc. Something we talked about in the part one episode was just that his writing is reminiscent of a guy who was both a detective and kind of a journalist. Like it's not the most thrilling content, but it's not really supposed to be the way that he intentionally writes is like, I don't know. I found out some weird stuff. Here it is for you. Like, Honestly, that's what makes it more thrilling. Yeah. If he was thrown in like fantastical details, I would right. be interested. Like right. this is what makes it so bone chilling. Yeah. It's, it's just very documentation matter of fact. almost. Yeah. This matter of fact, that's good. Yeah. So earlier this year, the, he and his production team put out a movie called Missing 411 that it's a documentary. It covers five cases that fit this profile. And oh, they, it's only five. I thought it was more than that. It it primarily focuses on one. Oh, wow. And then there are four others. Um, it's on Amazon, iTunes, all that stuff. I, I think you have to, to pay for it. I don't think it's available just to stream with your subscription to any of those things, but... We give a free shouts out to David Politis, hi at whatifpodcast.com if you ever want to talk to us on the show, man. Answer our emails, bro. Yeah, we did email you. A couple <laughs> times. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this movie came out in May. focuses on these five cases. It primarily focuses on the case of Dior Coons, who was a, I think he was three when he went missing. 
or he was he was two when he went missing from <clears throat> a campground in Idaho. Wait, is this the robot grandma story? Or is that no? Okay, sorry. I did come across that one again today. Okay. I've yeah. told that to so many people good. at so many bars. It's, a great it's ridiculous. Nice. I found some other almost as good ones that I'll I'll share in a minute. Sweet. So it primarily focuses on Dior Coons, who was camping with his parents, his grandpa, and a friend of his grandpa's in Idaho. In this was early July of 2015, so pretty recently. Oh wow! He was with his parents. They were walking to a, a stream. They were probably about 30 feet from their campground. He decided they didn't, the kid decided they didn't want to go with him and walked, he was going to walk back to his grandpa. So his parents turned around, yelled to his grandpa, hey, Dior's going to come back and hang out with you. He says, okay. His grandpa like turns around to set something down. Kid is gone. How old again you said the kid was? Two. Two? How, how well are two-year-olds walking? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can walk a little bit. Can they walk a little bit? It's kind of like a cowboy that just got off a horse. Also, if you fall down, you should be even easier to find. Well, that's real. Or you <laughs> should you just be moving far. slow right. as hell, yeah. Oh, he's, he's just laying down right in front of me. I found he, him. He doesn't have a marathon runner's gait like he's about to take 10 <laughs> steps and be like, yeah. I don't know where the fuck he went. <laughs> oh, he's right there with his face in the dirt. Got yeah, him. Yeah. <laughs> he's here. Found him. Yellow overalls and all. <laughs> yeah. Pick him up by the back of his overalls and set his ass straight again. <laughs> Keep him moving, boy. They searched for him for a couple hours before calling police. They did a full search and rescue. They had teams of dogs and people on horses and Can arm I just to arm. Really quick, how, how like how is it possible to for that to be necessary? That level of search for what else like you gonna uh, do? no, but I I mean yes, but I just mean like a hundred yards away or not even a hundred yards away. What did you say? A hundred feet away. Yeah, it was super close, like within eyesight. From here to year, in a couple different turnarounds, a kid was so unfindable that they had to get dogs and like a search party to find that two-year-old. I think that's probably pretty standard search and rescue if you're in an area that big. And yeah, well, with tall grass too, and like all the shrubbery and stuff, I imagine you do the. That's why they do the whole thing where they lock elbows right. and walk in, in a calm. line. Yeah, especially if you're yeah. looking for somebody that's two feet tall. Yeah, right. I guess I just mean like. That's how that's how you grow, right? One one foot per one year. One foot per year, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's why I'm 33 feet tall right now. <laughs> cool, just checking. Yo, Gorder barely fit in our studio. Like, it's bare. a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Andre. <laughs> that was my best big person voice. You nailed it. You nailed it. So it mainly focuses on this one case, and then for some reason that I'm not really, I can't quite figure out, four other children who went missing in national parks which which is strange because if you listen to part one none of the stories or one of the stories we told was about a child but the other four were about adults of some kind it's not like the books don't cover stories about kids i don't know why he chose to exclusively focus on stories about kids for the documentary in the in the documentary because in some ways it seems like kids would go missing way more easily sure they don't. They don't know where they are. And slow and they're yeah. small. That's that's the only thing I can think of is how small they are. Is why, <laughs> but they're also dumb. Yeah, I mean not to be mean. No, they are. They're dumb and small and yeah. slow. They don't. You know, you get confused and scared quickly when you're a kid. I know I did. Well, right. And you're not. You're not going to know your surroundings. You're not going to have many survival skills as a two year old. Right. But at the same time, you should also be easier to find because you can't get very far. Yeah. You're going to be loud. I would think. I don't know. It, it just seemed like an odd choice and not very representative of the books and the phenomenon as a whole. Yep. Mm-hmm. It seemed like they intentionally picked five 
of the tamest stories that they had covered mm. or cases that they had covered in the books. And I think it's probably having listened to other interviews with David Politis, he's very big on keeping his credibility. And yeah. as a as a former police officer, former detective, someone who has to work with law enforcement all the time to be able to get access to the information that he covers. I think he doesn't want to present any front that may make him look like he's not credible or that he's some sort of kook or yeah, sensationalist. Not to, like, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. if you put out a video, him. like, you know, this crazy shit happened and that crazy shit happened, it doesn't make, give any credence to the but actuality if you read his, of it. If you read his books, he covers those crazy stories with the same sort of approach and the same tact that he covers. Yeah, but video is a different stuff. medium. Like, I mean, I imagine you, yeah. if you want to represent what he wrote in what, six books you said? Yeah. So six yeah. books, he wants to represent that in what, two hours tops? Yeah, yeah. Like you know, you're going to have to give a full spectrum of views. I, that's my guess. But least. that's what I'm saying. I don't think he gave the full spectrum of what this phenomenon really covers. Oh, okay, okay. It's like he took the, the tamest, it's like he took one slice of it mm. of, oh, kids go missing in national parks, when really it's people of all ages go missing in national parks but also from their campgrounds in hunting areas and also from urban areas and also from all over the country and outside of the country. And, and also not just kids, adults. And it's adults. It's people. Elderly with, people. Yeah. And he, and in the interviews, he talks about how, you know, he has found a trend that German people or people of German an ancestry disappear at a higher rate. What? He's found that people who, who are active in the sciences, specifically physics, go missing at a higher rate. Like he has this information that that's really, really fascinating. Right. If it's real information. Yeah, and if, if you're, it's true. Yeah. And if you're putting it in your books and you're <laughs> saying it in public, I'm assuming you at least believe it. Right. Why not put that sort of information out there instead of just like, oh, yeah, some, sometimes two-year-olds go missing in right. national parks. Well, yeah, fucking yeah. of course yeah. they do. I, do. I do think, though, to your point, Gorder, like, I guess I can see an angle of this where, because because like we talked about with the way that his whole stuff is very cut and dry. Here's what I discovered. Yeah, he's trying not to say as a former cryptozoologist who has written books about Sasquatch. My belief is that the people who are disappearing in national parks are getting yanked by interdimensional Bigfoot and which getting never, fucked off into another universe. Which he's never said. No. And make sure to remind people every time he talks publicly that he has never said. <laughs> yes, no. And, and, and <laughs> For real? Yeah. Yeah. No portal guns, nothing? Yeah. yeah. All right. And, and, and the reason I bring it up is because I think that I have to imagine that whether it be his movies or his books, his supposition is that people will infer that that is his personalized conclusion around these things. So the, the broader strokes he can paint to illustrate the phenomenon without actually getting into the like what if it's this he's like the more i can stay in my lane and i can point a i can point a finger at it without saying i'm pointing a finger at it and i'm calling it what i think it is yeah, i'm just yeah, pointing yeah. a finger at it and going you tell me what it is i'm just pointing a finger at they it they don't even get to that though it, it it's it's way more it it reads like a I, I don't know, like a just a very benign, if if there can be such a thing, missing persons report. They don't even necessarily draw similarities between between the five of them or among the five of them. 
in and, the in the documentary itself. Yeah, I I think part of it is they he and his team were very aware that this would reach a different audience than the books that he the self published books that he sells on mm. his Bigfoot website. Yeah, that's yeah, that's <laughs> exactly yes. And they wanted to present a not crazy Bigfoot guy front as their first introduction sure. to Netflix and Amazon and yeah whatever and you know I'm I'm sure they invested a ton of money into it and might need to make some of that back too and crazy Bigfoot theories maybe aren't going to you know bring in the most revenue is the production value of a quality where you feel like when you're watching good the question. documentary that it's, it's really like, good is it really nice. well done nice oh, yeah the, really? the, the production right. value is very high dude I gotta watch it I'm alright wait but, so before you go on I just want to add to this so today before I came here I was with my friend Kat and I was telling her about that episode, actually. I had no idea you were doing this today. I literally was like, yeah, I'm hanging out with my friend. He does that podcast I told you about. And, you know, I told her about that one episode that she's got to check out. Oh, tight. So I started going through it. I did Robot Grandma, you know, the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she Child just, Grim. she got real combative with me. Uh, combative? Combative. Thank combative. You. Yeah. Uh, and I was not like mean, just like, mm. I don't know. You know, science explains most things and you don't fuck with nature. Just don't fuck with nature. I was like, no, but that doesn't make sense. Like, why are there folded clothes and tents and no bones and no animal marks? Like, she just wasn't there. So to reach people like her, I think the documentary maybe went more in that line. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I, I agree. I think that was definitely their strategy. Uh, they were they're doing a pretty wide release of it. I'm sure whoever was doing their PR and marketing felt similarly. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's worth watching. If you've read the books, it's going to be a lot more tame version of what's in the books. Got it. But the production value is very high. The information is great. The, he gets access to everyone involved in these cases. You know, he's interviewing these kids, parents and relatives and park rangers who were on the site and people who were involved in the searches. Oh, that and, would be cool. Wow. Yeah. I mean, he, he goes very, That's pretty real. very deep on it. And some of these cases were very, very public, especially Dior Kuntz, the one that he focuses most of the film on. So there's there's a ton of information out there. The parents have been in the public for years now. Mm -hmm. So he gets both of them. They're both heavily involved in the film. Everyone that was on site when the kid disappeared actually are in the film in some capacity. Whoa. So it's it's definitely worth a watch if you're more prone to the weird side of things like yeah. I am. It's maybe a little disappointing in that regard, but I, I mean, it's been doing really well and reaching way more people than the books ever did. So I wonder too, you know, if you if you go on Wikipedia or wherever, and or or David Pletus's website, and you look at his actual the books that he's written, canammissing.com is his website. No, no dashes, no periods, just canammissing.com. I think so, or just you know, Google his name. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think like related to his catalog of books one of the things too that i wonder is his each of his books have a very like specific bent it's like this version of this in this angle this version of this in this angle yeah the first two were eastern and western united states yeah then he did uh the so a sobering coincidence which was young primarily young men missing from urban areas yeah There's one about hunters yeah. There's one about everything outside of the U.S., and I don't remember what the sixth one is. And part of me then wonders, is there a possibility that dude is like, I'm going to make 
five more documentaries and I'm going to start with an easy step into the water. Mm. And then mm-hmm. V2 is going to get a little more into like, these are the crazier ones that I think are strange. And that would be great. I, and I, I hesitate a little bit because it took them so long to get this made and yeah. get it out. Yeah. Uh, this is something that he's been talking about for several years at least. And it got delayed a couple times and, they went through a couple of rounds of funding because I think they did the whole thing independently. Sure. But again, you know, if, if it succeeds, if they make some money off of it, that should also expedite whatever is next, I would right, think. They right. can get a little more help up front on right. the next one. So, all right. Word. A couple quick stories. We got more missing 411s. We got additional yeah, just, new yeah, on So on, on the first episode that we did, episode 24, we focused primarily on two of his books, A Sobering Coincidence, and hunters, but we only got to do, I don't know, we only did a handful of stories. So I went back through a couple of his books today and pulled three, three or four stories just to kind of give to, if you listen to the, the first episode to kind of expand on what we covered there. And if you're just jumping in now to kind of give you an idea of some of the stuff that he covers. Show me what you got. <laughs> <laughs> Was there a new episode this week? Oh, it's yes. the best, one of the best episodes ever. Fuck yeah, made. let's hurry up and finish this podcast yeah. so I can watch it. <laughs> yeah, dude. We're talking okay. about Rick and Morty for those of you who do not understand Yeah, the get reference. your life together. <laughs> and, and start watching Rick and Morty so we can all be weird people. Together. So we're going to start with a story from his most recent book, Hunters, which came out, I think, the, earlier this year. This oh. is a story from 2006 from northern Minnesota, of all places. Oh, God damn it. Oh, man. <laughs> For those of you who are new to the show, we are based in Minneapolis, Minnesota. We all frequent northern Minnesota. We frequent. I don't. Y'all do. <laughs> I stay in South Side. You were just telling me about how you didn't know what satellites were because you went up north for the first time with your dumb ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah you read about that. <laughs> Did you see your first satellite? I didn't know it. Yeah, yeah, it was real embarrassing. It was me and all my friends from when we were kids, and we yep. all grew up in St. Paul. Right. And it's just, we're all city kids. Like, we didn't have, like, family with farms and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. And we all went up there, and it was like, yo, there's mad shooting stars up here. Uh, like, why is like that? moving shit. Yeah, yeah, it turns out it was a goddamn meteor shower. <laughs> oh, and none of well, us knew it. We just thought, when you go up north, there's a lot of shooting stars. I well, mean, that is a shooting star. Right. Right. You're, yeah, but it's not like there's many. a constant meteor shower. Yeah, just, oh no. Yeah. Okay. I was right. like, I was I like, like no, out here in the forest, you yeah. just see mad shoots. They were up there in the middle of the uh, Pleiadian. No. Per you Poseidon. Sure. Uh, I'll agree with anything you said. <laughs> but I saw anyway. I saw a satellite. Googly moogly. The, the percolator. <laughs> Fuck. I don't know. It starts with a P. It's a meteor shower. All right. Uh, that's tight. Northern Minnesota. Two thousand. Okay. 2006. We're scared. Ooh. This is going to happen to us. I hope October it 16th. <laughs> I'm knocking on wood. There, there are two guys. Uh, this guy, Corey, and his buddy, I don't know his buddy's name. Corey and his buddy are hunting in northern Minnesota. Can it be Sean? Corey and Sean. Thank you. Topanga was absent. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> That's where you were going with that, right? 100% correct. Okay, cool. Yeah, you, you crushed it. <laughs> Corey and Sean are, are hunting in northern Minnesota. They get to their campsite. It's a spot that they went every year to hunt in the fall. They get to their campsite, and Sean realizes that they don't have gas or enough gas in the truck, so he's going to go into town and get some gas. Corey's going to stay and get their tents and stuff set up. Sean comes back about an hour and a half later, and Corey's not there. He sees that he's taking his gun, ammo, his dog, a lighter, 
some cigarettes, his jacket, and a cell phone with him. All those things are gone along with Corey. That makes sense. Literally all the important things you can... I don't leave the house yeah. with any of those. Without any of those <laughs> my dog, my gun. <laughs> so, yeah. It's a he, country song up in He here. obviously <laughs> planned to go somewhere because he took all of the important shit with him. And Sean starts looking around the immediate vicinity for him. Doesn't see him. Ventures out about a mile, mile and a half from their campsite, yelling for him. He starts uh, honking the truck horn and flashing the lights in case maybe dude got lost and can't, you know, is trying to find his way back. And this is this is northern Minnesota. They're in basically a a lot of the area that they're in is either lake, bog, or swamp. So it's a very wet, very dense, densely forested area. So there's not there aren't too many places that he could have gone easily. Yeah, yeah. We talking he, like boundary waters. Yeah, that's yeah, what I was going to ask. Yeah. yeah, and he probably couldn't have gotten too far because it would have been very slow going. He doesn't come back. Uh, Sean eventually goes to bed, wakes up the next morning. He's still not back, and he goes and contacts the authorities in the in the closest town. And starting that next day on the on the seventeenth, they start a two week search for Corey. It was sorry, just to clarify. It was just the two of them. Just no, the two of them no and a dog else, and a dog. The dog is also missing. Which I feel like I don't know. I feel like if a dog goes, if something happens near, like a dog, a dog like goes back to where it's comfortable. Like I would imagine he doesn't take. Yeah, but dog if it's a campsite. Yeah, but like he's not gonna take dog food with him. Yeah, you know? like I don't know. I would. I mean, granted, it'd be harder to get home, but dogs can also like follow their tracks backwards. I don't know. So you're saying the next day they start the search. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So they they went out there on the on the sixteenth. Corey disappeared the night of the sixteenth. By the midday on the seventeenth, they have a search team out there looking for him. They don't find him. On the for eight days, they're looking. They don't find anything. On the twenty fifth, they find his dog. The oh. dog has been out there for eight days. Is it alive? It is. Oh, that's good. The dog is slightly dehydrated, <sighs> but otherwise fine. Three days later, on the 28th, they find Corey's lighter and his cigarettes. On the 29th, they find his overalls that he was wearing, his socks, his and his sweatshirt. Bro, why all these missing yeah, for cases? People getting naked, man. Yeah. Right. So that that's one of the uh, one of the points in this profile that Politis developed is that items of clothing will be found usually not near where the person is eventually found, or they'll be found separate from a person who is never found. What time of year was this? This was October. So it's it oh, is yeah, yeah, yeah. it's October it's end, chilly, of, man. end of October in northern Minnesota. Oh yeah. Where it's gonna be pretty cold. And they yeah. actually by the thirtieth they had to call off the search because it started snowing. So it was it would have been pretty damn cold out there. Bro, this is the saddest episode of Boy Meets World ever. <laughs> Where's Mr. Feeney? <laughs> Mr. Feeney will get him. Don't worry. <laughs> this is how the series ended. <laughs> Jesus. Can his dog be named Mr. Feeney, by the way? Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. No, don't hesitate on that. No, Absolutely. No, yeah, I just, I just didn't know you that. You said Topanga it. first, homie. <laughs> no, that was me. That was, that was me. Uh, I just don't know if that makes it sadder or not, but no, it doesn't. Uh, well, it's Mr. Fine. Feeney's fine. Yeah, that's I think true. It's, I think it's Mr. Better. Feeney got rescued. All right, cool. Just need some water. So they have to call off the search because it's too cold and they're in a swamp that's covered in snow and ice and stuff. And they called off for the winter and they resumed the search in April. On April 28th, a helicopter flying over the area sees a body. They go down. It is Corey's body. 
The sheriff's office determined that he died from hypothermia, likely on the first night that he disappeared. And that's the end of it. That was the end of their investigation. That was the official results of their investigation that he, on the first night, the 16th, died of hypothermia. How far away from their campground was he found? 14 miles. 14 miles? So their conclusion was, in that first night, he wandered 14 miles away from his campsite, took off his his clothes, set down his lighter and cigarettes in a different location from his clothes, so he would have ditched those earlier for some reason, and then died of hypothermia. Okay. What in the goddamn? Right. I got a couple fuck. things I gotta say. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Gorder, go. <laughs> First of all, I'm a pack of fucking day smoker. Not proud of it. Don't do it. But you don't leave your cigarettes anywhere. anywhere. <laughs> also, <laughs> don't drop those fuckers for <laughs> nothing. Also, if you're lost in the woods, you're just gonna l- set down your lighter? Yeah. You and know, then, see, and then pers- logically. I and mean, then, if he's panicking, you want those cigarettes, fam. You I mean, have a lighter right. and you're about to die of hypothermia. Yeah. Eh, Fuck it. I don't need it. <laughs> I mean, okay, there's a lot wrong with this, of course. A, 14 miles. All right. So I, I got that Fitbit thing, right? Yeah. And I work a shift and I where I walk all day. I walk at, you know, an eight-hour shift. A restaurant I walk in a restaurant all day. But that's like nine miles tops. That's a lot of walking. I'm dying okay. of tiredness. 14 miles in one Overnight night. in a swamp. Yeah, yeah, that's impossible. Say, that's indoor. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm I'm on carpet and right. tile. Right. And you can see where you're going and you're in no danger of falling support, in a dude, bog. Good. Yeah. Forget about it. You would have had is, to be moving very slowly. But the first thing that struck me was the cigarettes. That doesn't make any sense. I, I have several questions. If you're lost, why would you wander that far in any direction? You have a lighter. You have a jacket. Sit down. Try and make a fire. Wait until the morning. Also, you have a gun with you. Guns are really loud. Right. Shoot that damn gun. Right. Also, you have a cell phone with you. He never once tried to use his cell phone. I mean, they recovered his phone. There was no, no activity on oh, it. Come that on time. now. I mean, BWCA, like, having service is pretty rare up there for whatever it's worth. But you would try. You wouldn't yeah, have tried. You would try. Nine one one alone. No you doubt. Can, you know. I mean, legit. This sounds crazy, but I don't mean it like this. But like, even like with a gun, you could you could blast limbs off of trees and have enough firewood to survive the night. I mean, you could you could shotgun blast a limb off a tree and be like, I will be good till morning. He's a hunter too, right? Yeah, they so were up there knows, to hunt. Yeah, so and he it, knows what he's doing. It's not his first time hunting. It wasn't. He had been to this same location uh, ten shit. plus times. They went up there every year to hunt. The no, same two funky. guys. It's funky, I'll tell you that. 14 miles? Right, I, so if you get... I mean, he, he probably at least thought he knew where he was going. We also don't know why he would have gone out. So, okay, maybe... Yeah, that's a good point. Like, why did this even fucking start to begin with? So maybe... And Politis suggests maybe he saw... They were grouse hunting, I guess. So maybe he saw... Is that a bird? Yeah. <laughs> Not a hunter. <laughs> It's a grouse, a bird. Yes. No, dude, you were asking the wrong dude. I just saw a bird. You I just saw the farther like north there you go. Question. There's no. more shooting stars. I don't <laughs> fucking know. <laughs> Look, <laughs> we are we are all like like city slash suburb kids, and and I can tell you, yes, the grouse is a bird. Okay, right. wait, 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 wait. So, <laughs> Politis suggests maybe he saw a bird and went out after it. He was going to shoot it. 
and he chased that fucking bird to well, the end okay. of the universe. No, hold on, hold on. Maybe it was compiling small bad decisions. Bro, was the bird named Topanga? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe maybe he follows it out there. He tracks it for a mile or two or something. Realizes, or maybe doesn't realize that he's lost. Makes a wrong turn. Continues in the wrong direction further away. He's pretty confident. Right. Oh, it's just it's just a little further. It's just a little further. Right. I don't know. Maybe, but that's so far. And then also maybe... I don't know how they would have determined that he died that first night because they didn't find him for six months. Yeah. So maybe that's just wrong. Science. Could you do it within hours though? Like that doesn't seem possible. After some, his body had been frozen all winter. Like people have lived on top of mountains for weeks. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, I get, I get it. Late October up north, it's cold. It ain't. How is it? But it wasn't wasn't even freezing. No. But I also don't know any sense. I also don't know scientifically what they could track on your body six months later. That's that's what I'm saying. That would be like, oh, he died in. Oh, I see. Where you could pinpoint it within hours. hours. Yeah, Yeah. like so. I'm I'm thinking maybe maybe he got that far off over the course of two or three days, and they're just wrong about dating when he actually died. Mm -hmm. Even still, it doesn't explain a lot of stuff. Still though, like why didn't he start a fire? Why didn't he try to use his phone? Why didn't he try firing his gun? They never recovered his gun, by the way. It was when they found him, he was not he did not have his gun with him. Yeah. But there was also, I mean, they said he died of hypothermia. It wasn't like he got shot. There was nothing physically wrong with him other than he fucking froze to death. Is there any alcohol I mean, or mental disorders going on here? Any drug use? Oh. I would also like to clarify. Also part of the politest profile that if there's any evidence of any of those things, it, it's out. They it toss out. it. Yeah. Oh. I, I would also like to clarify that like as a former slash casual smoker sometimes, uh, yes, you definitely wouldn't put down your cigarettes. But if you're in the middle of the woods in the middle of October <laughs> and you fucking are by yourself, you're not dropping your fucking gun. Like right. your gun no. would literally be the last thing to leave your hands. Or right. your clothes. Yeah, he didn't have his fucking overalls on. <laughs> what the fuck? I'm okay. forgetting this dude got found naked his balls in the middle of the woods. Dude, that so I'm the, sorry you guys. I got I got real aggro there, but I'm confused. <laughs> nah, the thing with the truth, clothes, baby. if he died of hypothermia, there is a thing. Allegedly, people who are in the the end the stages yes. of hypothermia yes, yes, will yes, remove yes. clothing. They feel warm. I, sure, maybe. The one thing that Plaitis brought up that I wouldn't have thought of but is pretty weird, they found the dog. It seemed to be fine. It was alive. It was healthy. It it looked like it had eaten. It didn't look like it hadn't eaten for eight days. They said it was dehydrated. This dog is surrounded by by nothing but water. This dog was dehydrated in a bog, in a lake. Dude. For eight days. Do you think dogs are smart enough to know though that to like the drink shallow- water when yes. they see it? No, no. I'm saying no, <laughs> yes. no, 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 no. Not smart enough to drink water. Smart enough to know that sometimes shallow waters in the boundary waters can be like bad for you. Uh, I've seen dogs drink out of the Mississippi in the middle of the city. They're dumb yeah. as shit. They that's, see water. They drink true. out of a toilet bowl. Yeah, Why wouldn't they yeah, drink I, some? I don't think so. Yeah. Did you so, say when did it start snowing? Uh, that night? So, no, not not for two weeks. Two weeks, yeah. Oh. Well, oh. two weeks later. So the dog got found before the snow even happened. Oh, yeah. So they the search lasted two weeks. They had to call it off because it's, it snowed. The dog was found eight days into that. And then the dude was found the following spring. 
six six plus months later. Yeah. Was there any like marks? Anything weird? Not that was reported. Not that least. was reported. Okay. Yeah. Dude, I I think I said this all through the first episode. I hate these so much, man. I hate these <laughs> so much. I'm sitting over here like my whole body crammed into one corner of my chair, just scared. Dude, it's in Minnesota too. I'm gonna like never go to the Northwoods again unless I'm with like 14 people. Okay, I listened to an ep or an episode of uh, stuff they don't want you to know. You ever, you ever listen to that? What? Podcast? I listen to stuff you should know. So there's all a conspiracy the version of it called stuff they don't want you oh, to know. Oh, that's cute. It's, it's pretty good. Yeah. They did an episode a couple weeks ago, or maybe maybe in July, with Politis, like right around the time that the the movie came out, and they were kind of having a similar reaction uh-huh. of like, "Well, then why do we ever fucking go anywhere? <laughs> and shouldn't we all just stay in our houses all the Smart. time?" Smart. And Politis said, "Like, I listen. I know this stuff as well as anybody. I spend all of my time researching this stuff, right. and I still spend a bunch of my free time out in nature. You just have to be smart about it." And so he actually made some practical recommendations instead of scaring people into trying to buy his books for once. He said he doesn't ever go out in nature without telling someone where he's going to be and for how long. Well, yeah. Some of these people did not. This dude just wandered off without saying anything to his buddy. Yeah, I guess that's true. He brings, it's, I forget what it's called, but it's some sort of emergency transponder. It's like a GPS beacon thing. Yeah, Yeah. where you can actually... Legally required to carry them in certain parts of the BWCA. Yeah, so you basically can't yeah, go yeah, past I've heard certain about that. points without having one of them with you. You carry this thing with you that, when activated, pings a GPS signal to a sat to whatever three satellites, whatever you need, and then directly to like the National Park Service. Yeah, and it instantly initiates a, a search and rescue team. It's like a it's like a legit an SOS beacon. Mm. Right? Yeah, mm. yeah, and he carries. Uh, a gun with him whenever he's out in the woods. And he's like, if all, he said, all but one of the thousands of cases I've ever come across, all but one person would have survived if they had done those three things. So, I mean, as far as, right. Also, <laughs> here's the thing. He picked up grandma. his cell phone. <laughs> right, right. He brought his dog, his cell phone, his gun, his cigarettes, his lighter, his coat, you said? Yep, he had a jacket on. So there was intent. He was headed somewhere with intent. You would think so, yeah. Right? Like, yeah. You, you, if you're going to grab... Or, or maybe not headed somewhere specifically, but headed out with, like, I'm kind of preparing to go yeah. out into the evening. He wasn't dumb about it. I mean, I guess I always have my smokes in my coat. I always have my cell phone in my pocket. But why the if fuck, if you're up north and it's you and a buddy, why the fuck are you going, like, that dude's like, all right, dude, I'm going to head in town to get some gas. I'll yeah. be back in, like, 45 minutes. You're like, all right, cool, sounds good, dude. All right, I'm fucking off into the woods. <laughs> <laughs> like, like... <laughs> Not leaving a note, not calling my body, not like, oh! like, that's well, not what you do. Right, you, that's why I think it was probably a series of small bad decisions yeah. that when added up equaled you're dead. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah, I suppose. oh, that's a really big uh, grouse. Grouse? <laughs> sure, yes. Water moccasin. Grouse. What are they called? <laughs> Water moccasin? That's, that's a, a flower, snake. right? That's a snake, that's a snake ah, fam. See, I don't know. <laughs> see, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I can tell you how to get shit. anywhere on the bus, though. Like, <laughs> that, I know the schedules. I'm good. So maybe, you know, uh, a bird walks by and he's like, oh, let me kill that bird real quick. Yeah. And then the bird is extra sneaky and he's got to chase it for a while. I don't know how hunting works. But he, get, <laughs> he gets out there a little further and one bad decision turns into two, turns into three. Some Hansel and Gretel breadcrumb shit. I don't, like, I don't <laughs> think he, his buddy left. He's like, 
now's my time to go die in the woods. See ya. No. Yeah, and you wouldn't. No. No. All right. Two more right. really yeah, quick because yeah, yeah, yeah. this is. Yeah. This is taking fucking forever. We are. We are going to have to make this a part two. Yeah, fine. Okay. We'll, we'll do. Yeah. Uh, no breaks. Well, we do have to no do breaks till Brooklyn. <laughs> Spencer likes saying Damn no breaks. We'll, we'll do a couple more stories before you take a break. All right, let's go. I don't remember what we're, we're doing after the break, so that's cool. It's good news for me. All right, good. <laughs> this is from uh, his Western United States book, July fourth, nineteen fifty-five. Two-year-old Ida May Curtis. That's a good old lady name, right there. Ida May. Very different uh, era. My great grandma was named Ida May. No shit. Yep. Is this your grandma? Maybe. Oh, damn. If my last name is actually Curtis, it might be. Well, it is. Uh, Two-year-old. <laughs> That's why I'm here today. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> are you my dad? <laughs> no, we are representatives of Ancestry.com. And- <laughs> we got a new sponsor, guys. Ida May Curtis disappeared from a logging camp in a national forest in Libby, Montana. Okay. Her nine-year-old brother claimed that a bear took her from the tent where they were sleeping, carrying Oof. the toddler under one leg while running away on the other three. Pretty sure that's not how bears work, but carry on. <laughs> <laughs> the, I don't the, know much about bears, but I'm pretty sure that kid's going in the mouth, so, not under the arm like a fucking football Heisman fucking run. Heisman fucking run. Yep. Their grandpa had <laughs> a similar company, bro. had a similar reaction. <laughs> But he actually also saw the bear. Oh, damn. Appear to be running on three legs while carrying, quote, something with the fourth. Whoa. Turns out it was his granddaughter. It was a football. They located the girl alive uh, two, yeah, two days later inside sort of like a lean to shelter made out of tree branches and stuff. Uh, okay. Her parents asked her what happened, where she had been, and she said that she was with, quote, a mother bear that comforted her throughout the night and kept her warm. How old was this girl again? This is robot grandma part two. That's all this is. Except it's Bigfoot bear. Yeah, Bigfoot grandma part two. (laughs) Barefoot? Barefoot? Sure. Okay. Uh, How old was this girl? Two. Two? Two. A two-year-old girl was not telling mom and dad uh, where she was. You girls can talk. Kind of. Okay. You're right. She said bear. Nine-year-old said bear. Old man said bear. Yeah. Yeah. Three for three on bear. Wait, what That's about true. the legs? Did any of them say anything about the legs? Was besides the one? The three yeah, legs? All, all, all of them confirmed yeah. the amount of legs. Yeah. <laughs> spider bear. So it's a spider bear. No, it had four legs. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> it had fewer legs, not more. Not it was more. two bears. Bears taped. have two arms. <laughs> it, was, it was two bears stitched back to back for a total of eight legs. <laughs> Bro, like the pigeon rat. Fucking <laughs> terrifying. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. If, if it ever, like, gets tipped over, it's just a different bear. Bro, can we remake Gladiator, but with, like, fucking. Pigeon rat bear as <laughs> the villain. <laughs> All right. One more. Wait, that's it? That's the end of the story? Yeah, she got kidnapped by a bear. And that was... Who made the fucking lean-to that they found her in bear, miles Bear, obviously. That's not a fucking bear, then, if it's making a lean-to. Oh, right. Dave thinks it's Bigfoot. Duh. But he doesn't say it because he doesn't want to be perceived as No, but if you read the books, crazy. Dave thinks it's Bigfoot. Does he, does he sort of, like, low-key insinuate that it's Bigfoot? Or does no, he but he says key? that a bear built a house... <laughs> a furry thing on a few legs carried off a person yeah. and took it to a lean-to. Yeah. 
Good Lord. Okay. Out of May. Uh, I've got one, maybe two more. We'll see. Eight-year-old girl named Catherine goes missing in the Ozark Mountains in 1946. Ozarks are terrifying. Yeah. Are they? Why? Never been. Never me neither. I just heard about them. I was just watching a nature special about them. It was terrifying. Right. Too much space. Too many. <laughs> Yo, that's real. Too many meteors, bro. <laughs> <laughs> About she, to get shot by a meteor. <laughs> she goes She goes for a walk uh, near where they were camping. She wanders into some thick grass and disappears. <laughs> Six days later, they find her. So they have this, this search party out there. They're yelling for her. They're walking through the woods. <laughs> Why, what are you laughing? It's, it's, do you guys an eight-year-old went missing, bro? Do you guys think there's a possibility that these people who go missing in nature are like similar city kids to us, where they just like <laughs> they walk into tall grass and they're like, "I'm fucked, <laughs> I'm gone, I don't know where I am, oh, I'm dead," <laughs> and they just lay down and die. Take my gun. <laughs> <laughs> they're like going camp. They're all going camping for the very first time. They're like. That's it. That's it. <laughs> I don't know you ever walk into a cornfield though? That shit is scary. Oh, Yo, it does get terrifying. scary. Yeah. Dude, I did corn detasseling as a job for many years and like corn detasseling. Yeah, dude, that's <laughs> some your, real Midwest shit. Old big country ass yeah. Brian Reeves over here. <laughs> big country Brian detassel these corns. <laughs> that was my that was my summer job when I was younger and uh yeah, I mean, we would we would literally the the job is to rip the tassels out of the tops of corn so they populate in the way that like farmers actually want the corn to populate, and you're doing like miles of of like high corn at a time. You're doing back and forth and back and forth, and that shit's scary, man. It's weird. You don't have like a lot of bearings. It's hard to, I mean, especially when you were. I mean, we were, you know, we were in middle school. If you were fucking nine or two or three, if you walked into high grass at all, you'd have no bearings. Well, if you're nine, you're like, you can probably see over them. Eh, not over corn right. stalks. When I was nine, I got lost at like Target. Yeah, I can't real, imagine meeting a cornfield. Yeah. I was trying to make a nine foot tall joke. From oh, damn it, I didn't catch it. <laughs> you gave me the look too. Oh, right. All right, I'm sorry. This, uh, this yeah, girl. I was in the middle of a story. All right, how old is she again? All right, keep She's eight years old. Gets lost in some tall grass. Her name's like Catherine. Ryan. She wanders into the grass. She disappears. They're searching for her for six days. They've got a team out there. They're walking through the woods, arm to arm. They're yelling for her. They pass by a cave and yell her name, and she just walks out of the cave and says, here I am. And eight get, days? What? Yeah, six days. She was eight six years old. Days. She's missing for almost a week. They're just walking past the cave, and she walks her ass out. They're like, oh, yeah, here. Hey, what present. up, We're doing roll call? <laughs> yeah, I'm over here. All right, what, what did she say? Nothing. She's just like, nothing? No, I, was, I, was, I got lost. I was waiting for you guys to find me. This Yo. cave looked comfy. Both these stories make me think of the Bigfoot boyfriend that you guys talked about a couple episodes ago mm. with the woman who like ended up at the mental, mental institution. Yeah. And oh, like, yeah. His she, cave, got, she got kidnapped by a tail. Yeah, Bigfoot's yeah. my boyfriend or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, real. yeah. Blasted in the butt. Blasted by bicycle, Bigfoot. Bigfoot boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> Shout out to Chuck Tingle, everybody. <laughs> yeah. She's just like straight. What was she eating? Like nothing? I don't know. Honestly, it's weird to me when people never get found again or or when they when they never get found again is weird when they get found again but they get found like 6 months later like the Corey and Chon incident that is also super weird to me when people get found again alive far away from where they were way weirder those ones that, are the worst they seem to be the weirdest in my yeah. mind because what i'm trying to do is go something happened that took you from here to here 
and that prevented you from being, you said six days? Yeah. Six days that a two-year-old? No. Eight-year-old. <laughs> eight-year-old. <laughs> I'm confusing the story. Listen. We did too many of these. Pay attention. An eight-year-old was gone from her entire family for six days living in a cave. She had a and new then, Bigfoot family. I mean, right? <laughs> like, like what? I, I don't know. The, the ones where you get refound are weird to me because it's like, what took you from A to B and kept you alive from B to C and then... Folded up your clothes neatly and put them on a log. Fucking what the, the fuck? The last man. thing about this last this last story is harder for me because I could logically see a child, eight years old. I mean, you're not a total idiot when you're eight. You're dumb, but you're not a total idiot. Yeah, yeah. You know, getting lost, eating berries and shit and drinking creek water and it, chilling yeah. in a cave. I could see that. But at the same time, how is there no account of what she went through? That's what I don't understand. Why would it not? There's no way she didn't talk to a local newspaper, her well, parents. And that's that's the problem with pulling stories from the 40s. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's very possible that that got left out or conveniently left out because it makes a way better story and people talk about it on podcasts. Yeah, that's real. I mean, I don't totally trust I don't want to I don't want to rip the dude, but I don't totally trust Yeah. that Politis I mean, he's the only one providing all of this information. He right. claims that it's sourced, but it's not always. Or he's, you know, he's doing the the curation of all these stories and implying that they're all connected somehow. When it, in reality, there's no way that these are all connected. Yeah, there's not a hard connection between literally be. any of them. It's it's literally impossible that these many stories have one explanation. I mean, they say that in yeah, his books they not. cover fourteen hundred different cases, something like that. I mean, like that number is insurmountable. And so. Yes, that is crazy. It's also very possible that in 70 years, information got left out or changed. Yeah. Or in retelling of the story, it got juiced up a little bit, you know? Well, you know what? That that first story makes me think about, um, I had you watch that um, Werner Herzog documentary about Antarctica. Which is yeah, my favorite. I, Everybody I needs to watch this. I still want to do an episode about Antarctica. Yeah, you sometime. need to holler at your boy. We need to talk. Okay. I haven't I, seen it. What? No. It's, uh, uh, adventure. Like, yeah, that's, fair. <laughs> that's fair. Gorder gets the bit. Yeah. Uh, what, encounters at the end of the world? Encounters at the end of the world. It's about the people uh, who live down there, and there's some fucking weird people down there. That's well, real. no Herzog shit. Is, yeah. You Herzog volunteered to live on Antarctica. Oh, no. It's fascinating. But... The seals. Yeah, I know. I All know right, you've sorry, been tri- you were tripping about the seals. You texted me. <laughs> but what I was thinking is, uh, I got fascinated. So there's a scientist out there who just um, kicks it with penguins. He doesn't give a fuck about people. Fuck people. He likes penguins. That people can are barely shit. speak. Yeah, yeah, I'm fairly certain if you live in Antarctica, that's a 100 percent <laughs> your life ethos. I don't give a fuck about people. But they give got me like a penguins. town and shit down there with an ice cream machine, and they play concerts. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, watch this, and you'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, you're right. All right. <laughs> He's right. I'm bringing it back. Bring it back. Go ahead. So, you know, they show these penguins, and. Certain penguins, while marching in their order, doing what they're supposed to be doing, you know, yep. being on their little cute bellies, going in, getting fish, running away from seals, yeah. all that shit, they just do a couple circles, and they dip, and they go into the continent towards the mountains to die. No explanation to this. They're just like, fuck it. I'm done. I mean, look at them. Look at where they are. Look at their life. Yeah, That's but the, you're, at, you're, you're attributing a human attribute Dolphins to- Dolphins commit suicide? 
Really? No, yeah. they don't. Yes, they do. How? They smash their head into stuff. Oh, yeah, but only in captivity, though. Well, yeah, because in the ocean, it's fucking great. They rule the ocean. Yeah. You put I them think in dolphins it. are douchebags. I, I just got this. <laughs> I don't know, man. I just, there's something about them I don't like. Anyway. <laughs> Stupid little pointy faces. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> They're rounded teeth. Never they trust a dolphin. They the wrong way. <laughs> They're like frat boys in the ocean, I feel like, you know? Like, if you had no, a tribute. No, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Being bonging through their blowholes. <laughs> God damn it. What I'm trying to say is these penguins though are like blasting the blowhole by, <laughs> by a beer bong. <laughs> I couldn't even get it all out. What I'm saying, I, I've lost it. <laughs> no, the penguins who go into the middle of the continent to die. The they just they go to the transatlantic mountains to fucking die. And that's what they do. And it's like, I don't know, man. Life's hard. Like I get it, you know, I could yeah. see certain people, especially you're out in nature, maybe you're going through something, maybe you have, you know, a mental issue of some kind, and it's like, fuck it. And I, I did, it. that did come up when I was reading through this stuff today, because I was listening to that interview with Plytus where he talks about how he rules out any intentional disappearances. Yeah. Yeah. How would you know that? That's a good point. Like with, I mean, uh, most with, people leave a suicide note. I mean, that's that's is real. that true? Am I just if, making if that you're, up? But there's a difference between wanting to disappear and wanting yeah. to kill yourself. Also, true. maybe Corey true, couldn't true, true. stand Sean and just needed to get the fuck out of there <laughs> and find a new hunting buddy in a new town. But, you know, but like people do want to, and we'll get into this in in a lot of depth in part two or part three of this. People do want to disappear sometimes. People want to yeah. start over. People want to get away that's from true, whatever problems true. they might have. You wouldn't know. You in, By definition, they would not want you to know that. I don't know how you would sift or how you would remove those stories, those yeah. cases from what Politis is presenting in the books. I think the, I think the thing for me, though, is, is that there are, as much as we've already knocked his ability to overlap certain cases with other cases— the thing for me that's strange is when it seems like you could you could make the well two different arguments. You, the one argument would be that children don't have the capacity to make those decisions. They're like the eight right. year olds are not intentionally like. Very good point. I'm running away from home. Oh, I'm dead. Or, I'm off to live with the bears, mother. Yeah, I'm off to live with the bears. I mean, like kids don't have the capacity to make those types of choices, and yet it seems like there's a lot well, of those kids run away from home. I, they do, not two year olds, but I, I, yeah, yeah. It it that to me. See, I'm skeptical of that in its own right. And then also, there's a difference between wanting to disappear and wanting to die. And I'm not saying that this can't be both. Like some of these instances can't be instances of people who both, maybe some people wanted to disappear and failed at disappearing and just died or people who did want to yeah. commit suicide in some sort of strange way and go out into the wilderness until they were done. But in some ways, I also wonder, is there enough overlap from all of these where it's like, even if you stripped out the edge cases or even even half of them, is there still enough that this is like too weird to be ignored, I guess? I didn't mean to suggest that that is necessarily what is happening For sure. in any number or especially a large number of these cases. Yeah. I just would disagree with Politis' assertion that he has ruled those out. That's fair. I don't know how you would be able to do that. You yeah, don't I mean, I know... Guess- what Corey was thinking in the moment that he walked away from the camp. Sure. You, you can guess. 
you could interview fam- friends and family and say, did they express suicidal thoughts? Were they depressed? Were they anxious? And you can look for a note. But like, even in the void of all of those things, that doesn't mean that you know that someone wasn't trying. To See, that's something. why I would like to take like a dozen of these or more, two dozen of the most like what the fuck ones. Yeah. And just go at them like hard, right, like right. not the forties, like the 85 and ones. up, you know? And, yeah. like, just run with it to see what it's about. Yeah, for sure. Can I give you one more? Yeah, let's do it. I'll allow All it. Right. We're in it. Let's do it. <laughs> he said, I'll allow it. I'm the king of this podcast. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is from the Eastern United States book. Uh, there's... Uh, sorry, really quick. Yep. The, f- the fact that there, that dude had the ability to group books by, like... Oh, yeah. Portions scary of the country shit. is kind of scary and weird. Yes, I also take issue with his assertion that there are clusters of these things, though. That's fair. Because he'll say things like, this phenomenon happens much more often near water. Hey, you know where people live? Near water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. He's like, yeah. this happens very rarely in Wyoming. Hey, you know where people aren't? Yeah, Wyoming. Wyoming, fam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like there's a high concentration of these in California. Hey, hey, you know the most populated yeah. state in our country? <laughs> called california it happens to be I, near water yeah <laughs> so i i feel you i guess i just mean like the, the the fact that there were enough of these to be like i'm yeah. just gonna write seven books and they're gonna focus on different regions because there's enough in each region for me to write a whole goddamn book about it you know it makes more money than one book it's seven books six books yeah <laughs> lillian <laughs> six books in a documentary <laughs> and and potentially five more following documentaries <laughs> man I, I don't know why dave doesn't want to come on our podcast yeah jeez. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, it's all love. We just want to ask you some questions, bro. If you would come on the show, we oh. could clear all this up. Real quick before I get to the story. Yes. October 6th through 8th, what are you guys doing? You want to go to Colorado and hang out with Dave? What is Dave doing in Colorado, bro? He's, I'm not doing shit. Uh presenting at slash I think organizing the Mile High Mysteries Conference. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Mile High Mystery Conference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Flights are real cheap from Minneapolis to Denver. Just saying. Always have been. Hmm. Hmm. That's why I bunk up in Denver and Hmm. learn about Bigfoot. Hmm. I just got a picture of us in like a big, tall bunk bed. (laughs) No to that, but yes to this conference. (laughs) A a three-level bunk bed. You guys want to spend a weekend smoking weed and listening to people talk about Bigfoot? Yeah. I know (laughs) they got beer in Denver? Because I'm in. Yes. (laughs) Yes. We got a lot of beer in Denver. All right. Last story. Lillian, she's six years old. She lives in Maine, uh, 15 miles from the Canadian border. This, is, this one is going the opposite direction time-wise. We're going all the way back to 1897. Oh, jeez. August How? of 1897. How did we get this story? I guess. They had newspapers but, uh, yeah, and stuff. Yeah, they did. I don't know. Lillian and her parents went blueberry picking. <laughs> Which, that aside, he claims... I'm really, I didn't intend to rip on David Pletus during this thing, but he, he adds that people going missing while picking berries is part of the profile. It's because Bigfoot loves no. his berries. <laughs> he said no. Yeah. Okay. My, my personal aside, no, it's not, Dave. That's not how you make a profile. They were there for a short time, and the parents said that she just vanished. They turned around. She wasn't there. They search the immediate vicinity for about an hour. They go find some other people to help them look. And they round up overnight about 200 people to help them search. 
So they're walking through these fields, the surrounding area. They're calling her name. They're looking. They're trying to cover every square inch. The following day, about they're up to about 300 people who are looking for her. And the next morning, a guy named Bert Polland finds her That's somewhere high. about two and a half to three miles from where they had last seen her. And Lillian didn't say where she was or what happened or how she got lost. All she said was that, quote, the sun shined the whole time while I was in the woods. So she's gone for about 48 hours, which included two overnights. And all she said about where she was was that the sun shined the entire time that she was in the woods. I bet it didn't. (laughs) Well... That's my line, bro. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just saying, in my limited understanding of astronomy, I bet it didn't. I don't know. She got beamed up. You know, I might be, I don't know what kind of believer I am in this shit, but that interdimensional shit, mm, throws Mm, me off. Throws me off. Meaning like you don't buy it or it it freaks you out? I'm into it. It freaks me out, but I'm into it. Like some of that shit makes sense. I mean, robot grandmas in that case, the bear taking care of people and building houses makes sense. Like it's it, it yeah no no it makes sense and they're like well it's got to be something crazy bears as fuck have going to live on. somewhere I mean they probably know how to build houses we we have <laughs> <laughs> we have talked about on the show before though that often it seems like um, dimensional sort of breakthroughs become this sort of interesting scapegoat for a lot of this stuff where yes. It's the it's sort of like the cure all for well if it's weird maybe it just came into our world from another dimension and left just as easily like it's a really easy way to go it's not a living breathing biological creature in our society it's not something paranormal or energetic that doesn't match with our rules of how those things work it just it's uh, also a kid yeah you know, right right maybe it was a full moon that night and right she's like oh, for sure for sure yeah. but but yeah. It, at the same time, though, there is a lot of talk around those types of explanations as well. But you know, it's 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 not to knock that as an explanation. It's no. it's to say that we have often gone is maybe something like that. <laughs> but it seems right. to it, be if, a more convenient explanation of for some all of this stuff Bigfoot, sometimes. aliens, all that shit is a cover. It can be a cover all. But there's a reason those things keep coming up, as you guys have talked about before. Right. right. And just strange shit like that. That's the first thing that came to my head. Right. Just saying. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the, the dimensional angle, I mean, I'm with Ryan. It, it's a very neat, if there were to be one explanation for all of these cases, which I don't think there is, but that would be, I think, as close as you could get. But at the same time, then all you did was create a new problem of what the hell are these other dimensions and how do we sometimes yeah. access them and... How do we come back from... You know, you why just, would you, they only be in parks? That doesn't right. make sense either. Uh, yeah, because... Yeah. Part of the profile is that these things happen near large amounts of granite. Okay. So. <laughs> you, <laughs> Boo. Yeah. Boulder fields. You need granite. your soundboard, dog. <laughs> yeah, right. I do. All right. Um, we just did an hour plus on what was supposed to be the first segment of the show. We did just do an hour on what is supposed to be the first segment, <laughs> which means... Uh, which means that we are going to have to tie things off a little sooner than we intended, but it also means that we get more parts. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Uh, of, of shit that disappears, man, because we have so many more stories to tell you. Shit that disappears. <laughs> uh, about <laughs> disappearances. Shit, we should buy that and just redirect it to whatifpodcast.com. That would be amazing. So, yeah, that's that's going to conclude Missing 411. 
probably until David Platus wants to come talk to us or we go talk to him in Denver. Yeah, yeah. And then next week we're going to come back with the story of the Death Valley Germans, yeah, which is man. a little more down-to-earth case of people disappearing. And and probably one of the, I would say, best researched and like most specific disappearances I've ever re- been able to dive into, it's which one is that cool. looks very much like it could be a missing 411 case at first, and then you actually get an answer for it. So it's yeah, pretty cool. But the answer is... Also kind of fascinating and, yeah. and strange as well. So all right. Um, all right, Gorda. Well, thanks for joining us this week on the What If Podcast. Thanks for having me, I guys. I think we're probably going to have you back for the next uh, part of this show. Hey, it would be an honor. Because um, we'll be back. You know, I'm 33 feet tall. I fucking hate dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's your bio on the show. From now on forever. Um, all right, we love you guys. Send us an email at hi at whatifpodcast.com. Visit us online at whatifpodcast.com. And uh, we love you, and we'll see you next week for more disappearances. This episode of the What If Podcast is brought to you in part by Button Poetry. Check them out right now by visiting buttonpoetry.com. Button Poetry is nothing like the traditional poetry you heard in high school, and they're certainly not the same old, boring, dead guys that are going to put you to sleep. Button Poetry features poets of all ages, races, sexual orientations, and backgrounds, and as a poetry press and an online destination, for spoken word and slam poetry videos, Button Poetry publishes poetry that moves people. They believe that real current stories and real current voices are more necessary now than ever. You know, everyone says changing the world with art is impossible, but at Button Poetry, they're sure going to try. So check out everything they have to offer. There's books, there's videos, there's commentary, there's learning, there's education. There's so much stuff uh, that you can get by checking them out at buttonpoetry.com. Today, you will fall in love with poetry all over again, or maybe for the very first time.